welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me as always is my wife, Amy. Amy, say hello. Hello. It's good to be with everyone today. Uh, We're coming to you now, our second broadcast for the month of January. Here we are again. Uh, Amy, you want to get our audience up to speed on what we've been involved with lately. I know we're getting geared up to uh, begin the divorce ministry again at our church uh, in a couple weeks, right? Yes, yes. That's been um, an adventure. We, we work with couples that are either separated or divorced or going through that or just having a hard time. So um, I think our, our last session going through with the divorce uh, families or separated families. I think it went really well. So we're looking forward to doing that again. Um, Just seeing, you know, God work in their lives and offering them, you know, hope and uh, just wise biblical counsel. I think a lot of people are lacking that these days. You know, it's not the sort of thing that I'll be honest with you that I look forward to. Oh, no. I mean... Uh, you understand the suffering and the pain, the hurt that folks are going through. So you right. don't you don't, um, well, you don't rejoice in that suffering. Right, right. Uh, however, we want God to be able to use us and to uh, help uh, lift others up, strengthen them. Yeah, as right. they walk through these journeys, these painful journeys that they're in. Right. Yeah. Good point. Um, yeah, not looking forward to it, but just I mean. Being able to bring others, you know, the hope that we've found in Christ and how he has worked in our lives through, you know, the rocky, rocky times. I mean, that's, that's helpful. Yeah, it is. Uh, beyond that, uh, not, not a whole lot has changed in terms of uh, what's going on in our lives. I mean, school is, uh, we're back, we're on a 50-50 schedule. Uh, and so that's been interesting. Yeah, that's virtual. Uh, yeah, virtual versus in person. And so we've been dealing with that really the entire year, as many of you are, if you have children. Although I don't know exactly how you all have been dealing with it. I know some districts throughout the country have gone completely virtual. That's presented challenges. Some uh, might be back to 100%. Uh, schedule, which surrounding systems here in the state are, uh, ours is not. And so there's, uh, there's a lot of adjustments that have to be made, and uh, it's, it continues to be a challenging time, uh, especially for those who, in addition to dealing with the COVID and school, uh, maybe issues with your job, dealing with divorce. Right. And so on top of everything else, we know if you've tuned in, uh, you have some added weight uh, in that burden that you bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so along, along those lines, we want to talk about uh, vengeance 
today because uh, as, as I will attest to and Amy will chime in here as well, uh, it's very easy to allow these burdens to uh, affect your attitude and uh, cause you to harbor resentment and bitterness. Uh, even if you're in the position of standing for your marriage, it's very easy for those things to creep in and potentially compromise uh, your chance at restoration. Mm -hmm. So we need to be very mindful of how the enemy works. Uh, we do have a uh, verse uh, for today. Of course, I mentioned our title, uh, Vengeance Belongs to God. Amy, go ahead and read the uh, scripture verse. Our verse today comes from Romans twelve nineteen. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Yeah, that's a very, very uh, important verse. And one that I would challenge you all out there to commit to memory. It's, it's not a very long verse, uh, but it is one that is uh, packed full with truth. And especially if you're a stander, you need to keep the whole idea of vengeance being something that God owns in the back of your mind. Uh, well, getting into our discussion today, got several questions we want to ask, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to answer them in a way that uh, helps our listening audience comes to grips with this uh, oftentimes challenging topic. Uh, first question, why are we oftentimes compelled, Amy, to seek revenge against a prodigal who has openly and willingly hurt us? Now, we have some answers that we've um, uh, provided here that we'll speak to, but in terms of maybe your experience as the, um, as the prodigal, Amy, I know there was a time when you were um, trying to seek revenge against me for mm -hmm. my behavior of 10 years. Yeah, why, uh, what was it that was driving you uh, to seek revenge? Well, I mean, I, I wanted you to experience the suffering that I had experienced. I felt like that you deserve to understand how, how you made me feel, and I wanted you to feel that exact same way. Um, so that would probably be... Do you think it was maybe a way for me to get to know you better? Get to I know, know me I better. Know, I what know that, well, what you just said was that you wanted me to feel and understand how you had felt. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't like, hey, let's get to know each other a little better. No, you wanted me to really know oh, how yeah. you were feeling. Yes. Right. Yeah. And in knowing that, I, I will tell you that through the course of experiencing your vengeance, I became very well aware of the hurt I had put you through. Right. But that's not to say that that's the way that you should go about oh, no. it, especially as a stander. No. And, and God, God still worked through that. Right. But but that wasn't my place to enact justice. You yeah. know, that wasn't my position, or that shouldn't have been my position. Well, it's in our nature to seek, uh, I'll say, quote, justice. Right. right. Vengeance or revenge is merely the manifestation of our sense of justice. And I want to make sure that we emphasize that it is our sense of justice. It might not be true justice, because right. that only comes from God. Right. So 
what we think is right or wrong, uh, those opinions that we have are either correct or incorrect based on whether or not they align with the truth of the gospel. Right. And oftentimes, you know, in these situations where we're dealing with uh, a husband or spouse who has left us, emotions are involved and sometimes our perspectives are skewed. And so we might think something is right, but it's driven out of a sense of emotions that, you know, tend to not put us or leave us in positions where we're thinking uh, objectively. Well, I mean, really, any time that you act on emotion, that's typically not the correct response. The response that you're going to give when acting on emotion is usually not the correct response because emotions change. Well, uh, and typically speaking, yes, you, you are correct. Uh, another uh, reason there why we sometimes are compelled to seek revenge is the fact that it's a way we attempt to protect ourselves uh, mm -hmm. or others against the threat of being hurt again in the future. Uh, Amy, would you say that maybe some of what you were doing was a defense mechanism? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially in the beginning uh, when, you know, I started to see you changing, um, but I still didn't quite believe you, you know, when you said, you know, the Lord's working in me and, um, you know, my heart is being transformed. You know, I kind of took that as, okay, yeah, you can say that, but, um, but I didn't necessarily believe that. And just to protect myself and make sure, okay, I'm not going to allow him to get too close. So once he gets close enough, then I'm going to go back to my, Ven my vengeance. And so I think that's also a, a good way to explain maybe to our listeners, you know, we've heard time and time again, my, my prodigal seems like they're listening. They seem like that they understand and they see that, you know, the Lord's changing me and we have good communication. And then all of a sudden it seems like it goes in the opposite direction. And that could be, you know, where they're trying to protect themselves. Mm. And it's like, I want to go there, but I don't quite believe you. And in order to protect myself, I've convinced myself that I was wrong about what I was thinking. And so now to protect, I'm going to go back into vengeance and try to enact justice the way that I seek it, even if the Lord is starting to softening their heart. Well, and that... You know, what we might interpret as vengeance, uh, they could be merely retreating to their, quote, safe space. Safe place, play. yes. Right, yes. where they're uh, shutting off communication. Uh, they're not uh, answering their phone calls or responding to texts. Um, it, it's, it might not be that they're deliberately attempting to uh, hurt you. Right, it's just a mechanism to... Protect. No, no we're not saying that's always the case. There, there certainly right. are those who are very <laughs> yeah. passive aggressive, and they use those techniques to to seek power, inflict and, harm. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, but sometimes it really is. I think, you know, it it like you said, it's a, a retreat, and they feel like, oh no, I've 
I'm going to get hurt again. And so they, you know, the person may retreat and just say, okay, in order to not, you know, open up too much, this is what, this is how I'm going to react now. So. Uh, Another reason there is it brings a certain, uh, and I want to emphasize the word temporal here. It brings us a certain temporal measure of relief and satisfaction to see a guilty individual receive what we believe they deserve. Right. And uh, I guess, Amy, when you saw me suffering or in pain, and it, it was obvious, more so at times than others, especially <laughs> when I would be crying there in front of you, which is, it's not a good strategy if you're trying to win back the heart of your uh, prodigal, them, them seeing that weakness. But I, I will say it was genuinely authentic. Uh, that wasn't anything that was manufactured, but you right. saw that I was hurting and that I was in pain. Did it give you at the time a sense of uh, that justice was being served? I mean, it, were you glad to see it or were you, what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's not that I enjoyed seeing you be in pain, but kind of like that phrase, well, that's what you get. You know? That's what you get. Yeah, it was like, well, that's what you get for being a jerk all those years. Like, now you see what it's like to feel the way that I felt for 10 years. And so it wasn't a, oh, I'm so glad he's suffering, but it definitely was a, well, that's what you get kind of well, attitude. Well, okay, so you were, you were very much the one that was instigating uh, the circumstances that were bringing about much of that pain, but uh, and a lot of that was born from the fact that you were hurting, but that didn't change really what was going on inside of you in terms of it didn't take away the pain or the hurt to see me hurting or oh, suffering no. as well. Right? No, no. Perhaps um, maybe it did for uh, a short term. Maybe, oh, finally he's getting to see what I felt, but Right, long but term, long term, no, it, it did nothing. No, really. it, I mean, there's no kind of satisfaction in that or, you know, it's not like, oh, well, now that he's hurting, now I'm taking pleasure in that and it's bringing me happiness. There was nothing, I mean, it was nothing like that. So, yeah, I mean, how we discuss this as being very temporal, um, you know, that that's the best way to describe it, I think. A temporary relief. A temporary relief yeah. of, well, you know, now you understand maybe a little bit of well, it, where I'm coming from. And I think maybe that was more of what I was experiencing. It was, yeah, it really hurts. And I really hurt for a long time. And now you see what it's like to hurt. And yeah. now maybe you can understand, you know, the 10 years of our marriage where I was hurting and pleading with you and saying, you know, something's got to give. Maybe now you can understand a little bit more from my perspective. So it was more of a trying to get you to understand my perspective versus just true vengeance and like I wanted to enact justice. But I say that because I struggle personally um, in in my daily life 
it's still to this day where I have to realize, like I have to, I have to step back and look at a situation through the loving eyes of God, because I know in my nature, I do tend to be, um, a, everything has to be fair. Like I want things to be fair. And when I see an injustice, I want to make it right. And I understand that I can't do that. So when you see someone suffering and it's like, well, they're suffering because they're guilty of, you know, some type of sin. I think it's easy for us by nature to just write that person off and say, well, that's what they get. They shouldn't be sinning. Um, but we neglect to look inward at ourselves and we don't want justice you know, to, to come back on us, but we want it for others. Does that make sense? Of course. I mean, who in their right mind would want (laughs) themselves to be served with a a big old dose of justice? Right. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's really important to kind of put things in perspective, especially when you're looking, you know, if you're standing and you're looking at your prodigal, to understand that, you know, they're, if, if they are a child of God, I mean, even if they're not, God loves them and God wants them to be a part of his family. And God died for that person just as much as he did for you. And we have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so if you can, you know, put it in that perspective and, and realize that, God loves that person just as much. And instead of trying to enact that justice that you're seeking, um, you know, spend double the amount of time praying for that person. Yeah. Uh, Well, going back to the idea that this justice, uh, this vengeance and and what it brought was only temporal, uh, I know for a fact that the justice that is brought about maybe on on behalf of ourselves, you know, through the course of the deliberate actions we inflict that are harmful uh, to the other person. Um, until our heart is dealt with, uh, we are going to be suffering. So uh, when we enact vengeance on someone, yes, there might be temporary pleasure or a, self, or a sense of um, justice being served, but that, but that isn't going to quell the anger Mm-mm. in our heart. It, no. it, it never will. And until uh, Christ reigns in your heart and that pain is truly dealt with, uh, you're, you're, you're just basically putting Band-Aids uh, on the wound. Uh, and so, yeah, don't... Um, do not seek this vengeance yourself. It will not produce the results that you're hoping it would. Um, Amy, what are, what are some... And folks, I, I want you to understand the reason we're talking about this today is because we don't want to see standards uh, take positions that are going to derail uh, their chances for reconciliation right. or restoration. Right. And if you allow 
uh, vengeance, your desire for vengeance and justice to creep into your heart, uh, a whole host of bad things can come as a result of that, and it could potentially jeopardize what could be a wonderful story that the Lord wants to write for you and your prodigal. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to address these potential hazards here today. So, Amy, the next question, in what ways can a stander take revenge on a prodigal? Now, we're talking specifics here. And as we're mentioning these uh, folks who are listening, see if they are things that you have done or hopefully uh, not that you're continuing to do. But if they are, um, hopefully these will be things that we stop doing. Amy, what what is uh, the first thing we've mentioned here? I think being deliberately difficult mm. or unaccommodating as it relates to parenting. If you, mm. you know, if you all have children, um, and it, it doesn't even have to necessarily be children. It could be, you know, a piece of furniture or mail. Oh, let me tell you, we we have seen and heard from individuals who are walking through divorce who have gotten divorced. And there are fights about everything. Everything right. is a battle. And, and they it, include it lawyers mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. which adds up to, my, you know, uh, large amounts of money because one person doesn't want the other person to get what they think that they should deserve. And so, you know, by all means, we're not saying just lay down and give everything over or you know, just don't put up a fight for, for anything, even if that means, you know, the right to see your children. Now, there are certain things that we absolutely believe that you should, um, I don't think the word is fight for, but, you know, that you should advocate for, stand for, for, right. Um, but when it comes to some of these things, like just you, you are purposely, trying to don't put be, up barriers. Don't be petty and deliberately try to get underneath uh, your spouse or your former spouse's skin. Uh, that does not honor the Lord. Right. It, it does nothing uh, for the sake of uh, unity or advancing Christ's kingdom. It just it just shows how immature you are and how far you are from the Lord. If yeah, you're I mean, we're called to be things. peacemakers. Yeah. And as difficult as divorce can be if there is a way for you to find peace in that situation and to work lovingly work with or towards a goal with your former spouse, that is definitely going to help your stand far more than you just being stubborn and difficult. I can say that 100%. Yeah. Uh, Another way uh, that standards could take revenge on a prodigal or get back at them by using the same disrespectful tone and dismissive attitude the prodigal may use towards us. And uh, that was a very real temptation for me occasionally. Uh, And uh, by God's grace, he equipped me and he prepared me for those moments, but it was there were times when I was very close to just, mm, just, just throwing it right back at you, you. You definitely had to zip your lips. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that, that that is one that can easily be done, like you said, if you just said what you think. You know, there are times now that Tommy and I will sit and we'll talk and just um, we can laugh at it now. Um, it was not funny at the time at all, but it, it's funny now because he's like, remember when you said this? This is what I wanted to say in response. <laughs> and so, you know, we'll have a funny back and forth. But when he shares with me what he wanted to say, and also I can look back at what I said and see how ridiculous it was. I mean, it's like, I, like I've said it more often than I even can recall. But I mean, I say it over and over and over. I don't even remember who that person was. It's hard for me to put myself in that position again, because both Tommy and I have come such a long way, but I do remember saying, you know, certain things and remember thinking, what in the world? That doesn't even make sense. And that sounds ridiculous. Um, but then Tommy will share what he wanted to say in response. And I was like, oh yeah, if you would have said that, that would have hmm. made it you know, 10 times worse. It would and have been like pouring gasoline on the fire. Yeah, and it's hard to you come know. back from those things. So, um, and some of the things he shares with me are hilarious. And I mean, I would have deserved, or I don't know if the words deserve, but he had every right to say, do you know how ridiculous you sound? You know, and he could have easily offered up something that could, you know, kind of put me in my place and make and, and make me see how ridiculous I sound. Yeah, but it, it wasn't for me to put you in your place. Right. That was the Holy Spirit's right. job. Right. And I think that is now, what's I, I, so I was, important. I was still to speak truth in oh, a loving way. Ab absolutely. But in terms of clobbering you over the head so that you got it because I gave it to you, that was not my place. No, no. Uh, what's, what's the next one? Um, to disparage and slander our prodigal in front of our children and others. Mm. And I have to say this one, unfortunately, I have seen all too often and it is extremely difficult to mend your relationship with your prodigal if you are talking negatively, um, about them, especially to family members, especially to your children. And that is one thing that I have to say uh, when people ask me, as the prodigal, what's one thing that Tommy did to help you um, move towards, you know, I mean, if he could do anything on his end, the, when you move towards reconciliation, was there anything that he did that, that could have helped that. And I absolutely think him never talking negatively about me. I knew that the boy, like he prayed with the boys for me. Um, I probably didn't love that at the time, but I think you told me not to do that. Yeah. I'm sure I told you not to do a lot of Don't things, pray but, for you. but that <laughs> did not, um, but that, but that was a positive thing. He he wasn't saying negative things about me. I knew for a fact that he loved me, his family still loved me, and he encouraged our children to continue to love me. And so for all of those reasons, I think it was 
you know, extremely easy for us to come back together. Um, and our families accepted it. And I mean, not every one of our friends accepted it, especially those friends that I was running with um, that were trying their best to discourage me from getting back together with my husband. But I mean, I didn't, those weren't good friends and they were not uh, offering any type of biblical counsel or godly perspective. So in reality, I needed to remove myself from those people anyway. Um, but by and far, the majority of the people that we had aligned ourselves with um, that were, you know, family and, and people that we had allowed into our lives to, to kind of help us through this, all of them I knew without a doubt um, loved me and accepted me and were not speaking negatively about me. Um, and I, I can't even think of anything else that would, that could hurt it, hurt bringing back the family than that. Mm. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one last thing here, uh, we thought of in terms of what a standard could do to potentially hurt, uh, a prodigal and as to go out of our way to prevent events from occurring that resemble normal family activities. What does that mean? Well, let's say, let's say that the Lord is working in the heart of your uh, former spouse or current spouse as you're going through a divorce, and uh, they suggest getting together, the entire family. But you know that they've left you and they've been living in sin. Uh, they're making this suggestion to spend time with you, perhaps your children, but then you say, no, I'm not going to do this. You don't deserve uh, to mm -hmm. have me be around you and act decently or the children to be around you and us pretend that, that we're just this one big happy family. You don't deserve that. So as because of that, I'm not going to allow this situation to even occur. And uh, that, is, that is not a, a right perspective, in my opinion. You never know um, how God uh, is going to move, when He's going to do it. You don't know what's going on in the heart of your prodigal. You can, you can see signs, I believe, from time to time. Uh, but I, I would say anytime there is an opportunity for you to interact with your prodigal, and children in, in, a, in a family setting or gathering, I would say take advantage of that and mm -hmm. thank the Lord for it and not begrudge your prodigal because they're still not uh, doing things uh, in, in the timeline that you think that they should be done. Right. You know? Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And also, I mean, from, I guess, our experience, there were lots of times that I you know, ask Tommy, hey, would you want to do this? Or let's go see, you know, this together. Or let's go do this with the boys. Um, you want to go out to eat? And I mean, every opportunity, I don't recall Tommy ever saying no. I'm, there may have been occasions well, no, where... I, yeah, if I was able to, I would right. most definitely do it. And, and it's not that there wasn't a, a part of me 
that, that was did not that want was to. that was angry, right? Because how you how it's like where do you get off acting the way you do, and then thinking I'm just going to come right back here and enjoy a meal with you, and and then allow you to uh, watch me pay for it. And then leave, and, and and then leave, and, and live our lives separately yeah. again. So the, there was yeah. there, there was that part that really, um, it it would it would want to creep in, but again, um, I I wasn't allowing Satan to uh, allow those thoughts to grow and fester right. inside of my spirit, because I was committed to the Lord and doing His will, and it was only through His strength strengthening and empowering that I was able to keep the right perspective. Right. And and also because you kept the right perspective, I mean, God used those opportunities in a huge way because before um, our full reconciliation at that point, I mean, we had been kind of what I call quote unquote family dating for what, probably three months, very solid, um, growing closer together, spending more time together. It had been, I would say, since summer, and it was fall. Yeah, I so, definitely felt like we were on the right path. Right. Or we were heading towards the right path. Why do the efforts we take to exact revenge not produce the long-term relief and satisfaction that we seek? The answer there is quite simple. We are flawed. Our thoughts are flawed. Our motivations are flawed. Our actions are flawed. Uh, Apart from deeds that are in line with God's words, it's impossible for us to bring about good fruit. Uh, It's only through the holiness and wisdom of the Lord existing in our own hearts through Christ that we are led to a right understanding of true justice. And so without that, uh, there's nothing that we can do in terms of seeking vengeance on our own that is going to produce long-term healing and satisfaction. Well, we don't have the power to become who God is. You know, we don't have that power within us. No. We think that we should, (laughs) but we don't. Yeah. (laughs) What does God have to say about vengeance, Amy? We've identified, let's see when we see, have five uh, five points here. What's the first one? Uh, Deuteronomy 32, 35. Um, I'll read that, but simply it belongs to God, not to us. Referring to vengeance. Right. And that verse is... It is mine to avenge, I will repay. In due time, their foot will slip. Their day of disaster is near, and their doom rushes upon them. Okay. Next one, regarding vengeance, we are not to seek it. Leviticus 19.18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The next one is Proverbs twenty twenty two, um, and that is unrighteous vengeance is rooted in impatience. Mm. Do not say I'll pay you back for what for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and He will avenge you. Right, and that's a great verse because of the emphasis on 
waiting wait. for mm -hmm. the Lord. And we don't wait because we're impatient. And so that's when we go ahead and take matters well, into our own hands. That's what I was just going to mm -hmm. say. I think that that's often, you know, I think a lot of people, they start off and say, okay, you know, I'm going to give this over to the Lord. I'm just going to ask him to take care of it. But then we get impatient and say, okay, Lord, I thought you're taking care of it. You're not. Yeah. So now it's my turn. They're, they're not changing. They're right. not going to change. I need to do something. Right. I need to do something. Yeah. And now they can get what they deserve. Mm -hmm. uh, regarding vengeance, we must leave room for it, for God's vengeance. We have to leave room for God's vengeance. Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. That sounds to me there like a promise. Mm -hmm. So this is something right. that is going to happen. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he even, you know, reminds them, I'll take care of it. It's like, I'll take care of it. No, really, I'll take care of it is basically what, what God's saying mm -hmm. there. And the last one is we lose out on blessings from God if we seek and take our own vengeance. And that verse reference is 1 Peter 3, 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you are called, so that you may inherit a blessing. And what would be a wonderful blessing for you and your prodigal? Well, what about a reunification, a restoration, reconciliation? What mm -hmm. a blessing that would be. Right. That could be withheld if you're taking matters into your own hands and seeking your own vengeance. Right. Please do not do that. Um, Amy, what, what are the benefits of allowing God um, to own vengeance? Well, I mean, I think we, we briefly, you know, mentioned that we don't have the power, but also it takes the burden of seeking vengeance off our shoulders. I mean, really, that is a very heavy weight to carry. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, we, we don't have the qualifications to enact well, that. Well, on top of everything else that you're dealing with, do you really want to have to carry that around? Right. No. You know, it's, no. it's too much. I mean, God says he will carry our burdens. Mm. So that's where we need to allow him. You know, we are weary. Take our burden from us, Lord, mm -hmm. and just, you know, pray that over and over so you won't want to seek vengeance. Another benefit of allowing God uh, to own vengeance is the fact that God's vengeance is holy and just. So right. in other words, it is going to be just the right amount. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the right prescription. Oftentimes, when we take matters into our own hands, we go way overboard or we don't do enough. God knows exactly the prescription right. for our prodigal or for those who have wronged it. And it will be right. Mark my words. And you have his assurance right. that it will be perfect. Yes. Yes. Uh, what's the last one there, Amy? And the last one, it produces a kingdom building testimony that stands in contrast to the ways of the world. Uh, yeah. I mean, all you have to do is... Uh, poke your eyes out your door or window to see people going at it, uh, people enacting their own sense of justice all the time. There is fighting everywhere because everyone wants to be right and they want to 
uh, push on other people their idea of what they believe is right and just. And right. it's a mess. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, going back to this point, um, a kingdom building testimony, you know, I know that now had we allowed the Lord to really transform our lives earlier, then, then maybe we wouldn't have gone through the situation that we did in our marriage journey. Um, but, but we didn't, we tried, we left it to our own vices. We, we attempted to manage our and control our marriage on our own without the Lord's help. And what happened? I mean, it led to destruction. Like mm -hmm. we couldn't do it on our own. And I honestly, I think that that's what is the most beautiful thing in our restoration story is we tried everything on our own and we couldn't do it. Um, but the Lord is able to do it and he uses the Holy Spirit to work inside of us and transform us, you know, our hearts and our minds. And then you have a story that brings glory where glory is due, and that is to the Lord. Mm -hmm. In addition to these verses we've already mentioned in our conversation here, what are some others speaking to this topic that are beneficial for our audience to hear? Well, I think of Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. When was the last time any of you out there heard someone from the world saying that we should strive for full restoration? No, that advice is all about you get what you deserve. Right. Uh, you are owed this, this is not right, you need to make them pay. What a stark contrast. Right. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This includes your spouse, your former spouse, um, and their friends, their, their relatives, do whatever you need to do to keep the peace. Right. Like the verse says, as far as it depends on, on you. you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the next one is Luke six twenty seven through twenty eight. But to you, <clears throat> excuse me. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who's who bless those who's who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. First mm. Peter two twenty one through twenty three. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Folks, give that burden that you are bearing right now over to the Lord. He mm -hmm. is fully capable of handling this. There's a popular catchphrase that people use a lot these days, I've got this. Yes. Right? And you can easily say that about God. He's got this. He's going to take care of it. Well, we hope the words spoken today and the verses shared have been helpful and provide a better and more biblically aligned perspective as it relates to our view of vengeance and the role it plays in the life of believers. And if anyone out there has any specific questions about this topic or others discussed in our show, please 
feel free to uh, contact us. But now is the time when we share prayer requests sent to us from our listening audience. And of course we do this with the intent of helping build a, an army of prayer warriors who can join you in the spiritual battle for your marriage. Uh, if you have a prayer request that you would like us to read and share on the air, please email us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org and be sure to put in the subject line on air prayer. You'll also find a form uh, page on our website, purposedmarriage.org, for online prayer. Just go ahead and uh, fill out the information and that will get to us as well. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with the first one here. This comes from uh, Brian. Uh, Brian says, We are in the middle of a divorce and I want a complete family. I don't want my daughter to grow up in a broken family. All trust is gone. God, please help. Please rebuke Satan out of our marriage. Uh, let's pray for Brian and remember him and his family. Uh, we know the goal of the enemy is to destroy uh, families, especially Christian families, because of uh, the potential they have to grow God's kingdom. Uh, so anytime uh, you see a Christian marriage uh, starting to crumble or crack, we need to uh, lift those individuals up mm -hmm. in prayer and, and ask the Lord to intervene. Right. The next one comes from Anne. Anne says, I prayed for my future husband when I was 14. I wanted to meet him when I was 16, and the Lord brought my husband. We've been together now almost 15 years and married for three. When I discovered his infidelity, I allowed the pain to destroy me. I then became a prodigal wife. After two years of my husband pursuing me while I was with two other men, my husband gave up and left the state for work and was unfaithful again. I have been standing since September of last year when my husband asked for divorce. Every month, he has reminded me that he's going to serve me papers. Recently, he admitted he was involved with another woman and that he knew he was committing adultery, but felt peace about divorcing me. He stated he loves me, but is not in love with me and that he's serving me papers. I almost quit my stand after four months. Prayers for strength, wisdom, and clarity. I almost signed papers when I was a prodigal, but the Lord kept nudging me away from them. A few nights ago, I signed them, but realized I couldn't file without a notary. Thankfully, the Lord redirected me, and I tore up the papers. I feel exhausted mm -hmm. and confused. Prayers for my husband and for the Lord uh, to sever any and all ungodly relationships. Prayers that he comes back to the Lord. We have no children or home together where a line of communication could thrive. Only 15 years of history. This seems impossible. Well, that, that la last line there, this seems impossible. Uh, we know that it's not impossible, uh, and because he worked and has worked uh, throughout history to uh, bring about change to situations that man would say and declare to be fully impossible. Right, and really when we see situations where things appear to be impossible, 
a lot of times that's where God moves the most. Well, and he'll, he'll do that so that no one else will be able to claim the, the glory that he deserves. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Um, this next one is from Susanna. Uh, Susanna shares she is standing for her marriage. Her husband has filed and moved out. He did not proceed with divorce for three months, and she had hoped that uh, the asking for it would not go through. She says to please pray for his relationship, that he is restored to Christ, and then hopefully their marriage will be restored as well. They have a five-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. Susanna, thank you for sending that in, um, you know, whenever we're dealing with uh, children, that makes it especially tough because, you know, as, as hard as it is for us to go through these things, there also is that burden for our children who are suffering, undeserved suffering, you right. know, in the midst of all this. And I will say, you know, we oftentimes, now for, for me, unfortunately, I um, pursued divorce not really recognizing what it was doing to my children. Um, now that I clearly see what it did, um, I can also say that as, you know, Susanna being the stander, a lot of times you, you want, um, the standers want to protect their children and do everything possible um, to, to, you know, work with their prodigal to restore the marriage. But, the prodigal is not being cooperative. And in those times, I just want to share uh, that people will ask me for advice on this, specifically with children. And one thing that I can say is that the Lord is sovereign. And I saw him even when I was unaware of everything I was doing and all the pain and the harm that was coming um, upon our children. I thank the Lord that he was sovereign and that he comforted them and that he loved them. And now I can see um, that they were learning lessons too. Our boys have uh, empathy and compassion for others that are hurting. And truly, I don't know that they would have received that had they not gone through this process. So even though it's very difficult, I do want to, you know, just share some encouragement that the Lord will be kind and loving through this and will help you to teach your children how to grow through this difficult time. Mm. Uh, our last one comes from Matthew H. And uh, Matthew is very specific with his uh, request here. And we ask that you uh, remember him and what he's dealing with. Uh, he writes, I, I sent an update email about me and my wife talking daily, uh, spending time together, uh, and they were able to spend the Christmas Day uh, together. Uh, Sunday, he was worried. He hadn't heard from her in three days, and her phone, phone seemed like it was off. Uh, she told him that she's not okay, but to stop worrying the family. Uh, and to assure them that uh, she wasn't suicidal, uh, she would she would talk to Matthew uh, when she's ready to talk. Uh, and so she had basically put him on a do not disturb uh, setting. Uh, she said she was clearing 
or cleaning because it was all she could do to keep her mind busy. So apparently there's a lot going through her head mm -hmm. right now, a lot weighing on her mind, and this is the, one of the ways that she's coping. Um, she said it wasn't us, and that was the last he's heard, uh, and it seems like things have gone backwards, and he's, uh, Matthew is having a hard time, uh, but he recognizes that God could be healing um, his wife's heart right now, uh, and we pray that is the case. So, uh, yeah, um, you can't know exactly what is going on in the heart of a, of a prodigal. Uh, you can only be obedient and uh, lift them up in prayer and believe and trust in the Lord's ability to transform them and bring them back to their marriage. Right. And we had so many times where I know for you, Tommy, you believed with all your heart that this, you know, I, I know that there's change happening. I can see God molding and shaping Amy. And then I would turn back. Mm -hmm. You know, so so there are lots well, of. It, it, I recognize that you were, uh, you had a divided heart, and mm -hmm. that there was a battle taking place. And so, um, standers, if you see uh, this type of behavior in your prodigal, where it's like from day to day, uh, it's like they have multiple personalities, and you never, you don't know what which personality you're going to get. And if you've been praying, if others have been lifting them up, there's a spiritual battle taking place and they're, you know, they're being tugged and they're being pulled in, in different directions. And so uh, allow when you see that uh, to be used as, as a confirmation that the Lord is indeed working and uh, let it be something that helps to promote and encourage you to pray more. Right. And I love, like, again, going back to Anne, you know, one of the things that Anne asked for prayer was that the Lord would sever any and all ungodly relationships. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that that is one thing that I know you did for me. And, you know, I know that it didn't happen quickly, but in the end, God did sever yeah. every single one of those ungodly relationships. So, you know, I just want to encourage Matthew and those of you standing um, to do like Anne is praying uh, to sever all those relationships as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for the time you have given us to share. Lord, we pray that you would use what has been shared to advance your kingdom and bring those who have heard what we've shared to a closer walk in relationship with you. We humbly ask that you be with those standing for their marriages. God, that you would help them, regardless of the situation, to not allow their hearts to be darkened by the desire for revenge or retribution against their prodigal spouses. Fill them with grace and compassion. Lead them to a place of forgiveness. And let them be vessels that bear witness to your will and your kingdom a testimony and way of living that is rooted in, in love, peace, and reconciliation. Strengthen us, Lord, as we seek your perfect will. Prick the hearts of those running from you, Father. May they turn from their wicked ways and leave their life of disobedience. Bring conviction upon them, God. And while we wait for you and you alone to repay what those who have wronged us are due, 
May we always be willing to forgive and show kindness and love to those who need it most. It is in this way that we set ourselves apart from the lost and dying world in which we live. And as we close, go with us now, Father. May everything we say and do, as well as the thoughts and intents of our hearts, bring honor and glory to you. It's in the name of Christ we ask all these things. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage, no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage, and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.